we're going to be jumping into as we're studying our continue our study, the Acts of the Apostles. And I share with Pastor that he said something in his previous ser sermon. He said the the Apostles. I was like, I actually like that calling the the Apostles the Apostles because they are doing some um, amazing things, but they're doing it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So for today, our uh, title is a bold prayer. But I want us to think about something, and I couldn't stop thinking about this, Pastor. And I think we're coming up close to 20 years you've been mentoring me. Um, and I, I shouted for a moment as the praise team was singing because you saw me headed towards religion, and you offered me a relationship. There were things that I was doing in my life to look a certain way, to present myself a certain way um, at church service, and dressing a certain way, and pastor saw where I was headed. And he says that he, he it began to mentor me and bringing me books on books on books <laughs> on books each Sunday. Um, and, and it's interesting because I, I dove into, as you see, I've been having an eye issue, so I had to open up another Bible that I typically don't use. But in this Bible, I found a DVD, a CD actually, excuse me. Uh, those of you who don't know what CDs are, those are... <laughs> You put them in your car, and you, it has audio on it, because uh, I know we don't use CDs anymore. Um, but pastor would come every Sunday to St. Paul Baptist Church and would hand me materials to increase my study, to increase the quality of my relationship with Christ. Not to develop a, a religion, but to develop a relationship, to cultivate a relationship with our Savior. And I just want to say I'm thankful for that because there's... Um, there were so many things that was going on at that time, and I'm th thinking about right now where I would be had I continued to follow religion. And so today we're thinking of these apostles who are doing these acts are not in a religion, they are in a relationship. They are in a relationship. And uh, as I reflected, I couldn't, think, I couldn't stop but think about what Jesus told his disciples. And this is a picture uh, where Jesus told his disciples to meet him after he had risen. He told them, and I couldn't stop thinking about Dr. Fred Campbell's words of when he talked about the Great Commission, that the last thing that Christ said ought not be the least thing that we focus on. And the last thing that Christ told his disciples was what? That all authority, all power has been given to me, right? Has been given to me. And so, therefore, go into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all the things that I have sh shared with you. And I am with you always. The Great Commission. The Great Commission. And so, as I thought about the text today, and was thinking about what is going on in the text, these apostles, as they were, have been thrown in jail, they have been preaching the gospel. So I have the question I have to ask us today, and we've I had to answer, and I think we all need to answer, and the question I have for you this morning is, what is the purpose of man? Why are we here? And you can blur, please blurt it out. What is, the, what is the purpose of man? Why are we here? To glorify God. Absolutely. To glorify God. I'm glad that you understand that, Paul, because we see that in the text. We start to think about in the, the book, the Bible, what is the Bible? What is the Bible? What is the purpose of this Bible? 
to teach us about God, and it's about God's kingdom, right? We have to understand that this, this Bible, this, this story is about a king. We're, we're thinking about this. We're coming up on Christmas, right? Or Christmas, right? We're coming up on this holiday, and we are thinking about what is the, what is the message, the gospel, the good news? What is the good news? That a king died for his people. And not only did he die for his people, he rose for his people and now has all, of, uh, all authority. And now with that authority, he begins to tell his, and, and inspire and encourage his disciples to do what he did, to preach the gospel, to preach the kingdom. The kingdom is at hand. And what I realized, and I, I kept thinking about it, it was like, okay, so our, our purpose is to glorify God. But it's hard to do that when we don't understand that, that is our purpose. And it's interesting passage, you began to share that we began to think about that life is about having nice things or nice cars, and there's nothing wrong with those things. But if we're not careful, we'll lose the focus of why we're here. The purpose is to glorify God, to glorify God. And this is the thing that I'm learning as I'm dealing with these eye issues, right, is that some days are better than others. Some days are better than others. And so as I sat there on the couch uh, with Erica yesterday and I began to look up the symptoms of a, uh, of a, a retina detachment, I threw my phone down in anger and frustration because I realized that that was what was happening with my eye. So I became angry and frustrated. Lord, here we go again. As soon as I get some traction, things are going right. Just ate good. My mother cooked well. Right, let me talk about, we had greens, we had mac and cheese, some turkey, smoked a turkey leg for me. She said, son, it's in you, your, your leg's in there. Now, I didn't overindulge, I'm glad, I'm proud of myself. But when we, when we don't focus on the right thing, we can allow these things that go wrong in our lives to detour us, to get us focused on the wrong things. And then it's only a matter of time when we look back and it's like, how did I get here? How did I get so far away from God? And that's because what we realize is we try to supply our own, own good. We can't supply our own good. Our, our good is found in God. So as we jump into the text, it says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they had heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your son, servant, our father David. I'm going to stop right there for a moment. So as we look at the text, on their release, where were they released from? Yes, right? We want to make sure. Are we reading the same Bible? They were released from jail. And it says that when they went back to their own people, they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. What did the chief priests say to them? What did they say to them? Stop preaching. Stop preaching. And why did they want them to stop preaching? Because people were following them, absolutely. They're causing a lot. That people are beginning to believe in Jesus. As Pastor shared, the problem wasn't just that they were preaching. It was that they were preaching in Jesus' name. And things were happening in Jesus' name. And so if we, if we, again, thinking about this, what I, one thing that I want to pull from the text is that 
it's important for us to be doing, whether we're serving food, right, whether we're inside of a, a, a cubicle, whatever it may be, that we're pleasing Jesus. That we're preaching and pleasing Jesus. And in this text, it said they were released. They went back and reported all that happened. One thing I want to stop right there for a moment. I thought about me as a believer. And sometimes what we can do, uh, we have the uh, unhealthy habit of when something that is going on in the church. We have an unhealthy habit of going and telling the people who don't believe, right, who are unbelievers about what's going on in the body. Looking for advice, looking for support. Do you know what happened at the church? You know what they told me? That I can't preach no more. That I can't teach anymore. And what we're really looking for is some type of affirmation. Suffer, right? We want somebody to join in in our pity party and what I realized is that that reminded me of scripture that said that there will come a time where men will no longer put up with sound doctrine. Instead, they will gather a group of teachers to preach what they want to hear. So what happens if we're not careful, we see in the text that the religious leaders, the priests, they told John, you got to stop preaching in Jesus' name. They went back to who? To the, to the body. They went back to the body. So when things are going wrong, Nathan, when things are not going your way, you need to be reporting to the body. This brother came up and asked me, how's the eye, right? I'm going to be praying for you. See, return to the body because now the body can lift me up in prayer. See, I can tell the world all the things that are going wrong with me, but the world can't offer me nothing. And if they do offer me something, it's probably only going to be temporary which will mean I'll need another fix, right? Or I have to increase my dosage. Come on. So they returned to their people. They reported everything that happened. It says, when they heard this, they raised their voices together. If we, if we have to understand, in this text right here, we see that they raised their voices together, right? They were together as believers. Are we raising our voices together? Things are going on. Are we preaching? Are we praising God together? The disciples, when we think about it, going back, let me back up a little bit. Kingdom. I, therefore, right, go out to all nations, baptizing them. Thinking about this, establishing God's kingdom on earth. Our job is to establish God's kingdom on earth. How do we do that? Through Jesus. Through Jesus. We see it in the text. They came together, it says, and they start off the prayer by this. Sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord. The Greek for this uh, word here means supreme, authority. Right, so right here, supreme Lord, uh, a Lord with absolute power. You have made the heavens, you've made the earth, you made the sea, and you made everything in the heaven, everything in the earth, and everything in the sea. So think about this. They're praying to God together and understanding that God is sovereign. 
for us, this is very important because we need to remember, City Church, that our God, the God that we serve, is a sovereign God. What does that mean? That means that in un unexpected situations, I'm talking, thinking about my eye for a moment, right? Unexpected situation, God is still in control, right? I may, I may have no control over it, but God does. So they understand, they start with this mighty word, and they didn't call it, think about it. This was very specific. They didn't say Jehovah Nisi. They didn't say Jehovah Rapha. They didn't say El Elyon, right? They said Sovereign Lord, the, the spostakes, right? Think about this word, which means absolute power. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. So we look at the text the next verse, why, and then we, what, what, what's happening here? We look at, in, inside this text, we see that now, Psalm 2, if you have your Bible, you can go to Psalm 2. They, the, the uh, Luke is, we're looking in this text, now they begin to quote David in Psalm 2. Why do nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus. Remember, they were, com they were uh, commanded to not preach in Jesus' name. They did, what your, uh, they did what your power and will had decided before should happen. So why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? Quoting Psalm 2. This is something that Peter and John are quoting. Psalm 2, we look at this text. Why do the people in the nation, uh, I mean, why do the, the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? Why is that? As we look in the text, we can see that the answer is right inside of the text. The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. And your homework today, if you didn't do your homework about reading Psalm 8, 118, first of all, let me put that out there. <laughs> Pastor gave us some homework on Psalm 118. If you have not, you still need to do that homework assignment because it is so good. It is so good. And it makes you appreciate and value this text even more. But as we look at your, your additional homework, it's to read all of Psalm 2, all of Psalm 2 to get the full context of what they are quoting here. And it says that the kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. So why do they rage? Because uh, they are plotting against the Holy One. From the beginning, what happened? They were plotting the religious leaders, right? The Sadducees, the Pharisees, they were plotting against Jesus from the very beginning. Why were they doing this? Because they understood, understood that he was the one. He was the one to come. And with that, thinking about this, thinking about power structure, they had, the, they had the power. Now Jesus steps on this scene, right, and is performing signs and wonders and doing miracles. Now people are beginning to look toward Jesus instead of the religious leaders. Think about that. Think about that for a moment. If we, look, if we think about society today, What's going on? Our different power structures that we have. If people realize that the true power, true power is found in Christ. True power is found in Christ. I can't tell you how many times 
that it was the, the, the power of Christ that changed my circumstances and my situations. It wasn't my smarts, it wasn't my wits, it wasn't, right, it wasn't who I knew, it was about Christ intervening and changing the hearts of people who were messing with me. Anybody ever been messed with on a job? Right, had somebody talking about you, plotting against you? Jesus intervened. The thing when I wanted to say, the things when I wanted to say what I wanted to say, <laughs> you know what I wanted to say, I had to remember as pastor says, whose I am, all right, who I am and whose I am, I went to God. God, you see what your people are doing. As we look in the text, we see that the nation they, that they are raging against, um, the, uh, against these disciples because they're preaching. And this is the, the reality that I thought about. The simple thing is all they do is preaching. They're just preaching the word. And this is the other, this is the cold part. They're preaching the word and people are healed. And these religious leaders are angry at it. Think about that for a moment. These people are healing. At the beautiful gate, what happened? How powerful, how amazing. That testimony just makes me want to shout. And I think about my eye situation. I think about the man who was begging for nearly 40 years. And he comes up to the gate and they tell him, we don't have no silver, we don't have no gold, but what we do have you, we give you in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And the man walks. And now these religious leaders are angry and frustrated because they're healing, right, and doing things that they can't do in Jesus' name. And so I, I share this with you to share with all of us here as believers that sometimes us just being a believer, you're going to irritate people just because you have light inside of you. There are people who dislike me just because of who I am and who I belong to, right? Because it says that men love the dark because why? Their deeds are evil. And sometimes we can't, and this is the other thing, if I'm honest, pastor, if I'm honest, and I know, I know you can probably relate to this, sometimes we don't want Right? We don't want to offend people just by being a believer. We want to fit in. I don't want to, to disturb your peace. Right? I don't want you to not like me because I have that glow about me and I can't explain it. But you, it's just the aroma of Jesus. Right? And so you, you're not going to invite me or we can't hang out because you're going to feel some type of way about yourself. Right? So we spend a lot of time alone by ourselves, uninvited to the parties. Right? I remember uh, 20, 21, 21. Nate, I was 21 and I couldn't wait. I was about to go to the club. Right? All of my friends, we dressed up, get to the door. All right, ID. Everybody, I'm the last one to get checked. Bouncer says, I can't let you in. I'm like, what? He said, yeah, your shoes, those are basketball shoes. So you telling me, this brother got a big swoosh on the side of his shoe. You're not going to let mine, you, and mine even have a zipper. I had the Kevin Garnett, so I'm letting y'all know his shoes. I had, they had a zipper on them. They were a little fancy. See, Dr. Luke, you understand. So they're a little fancier than everybody else's shoes, but you're not going to let me in? I went back after they, it was like, man, let's just try somewhere else. I said, no, I know what's going on. I felt like Jonah. I know what it is. 
if y'all just let me be, y'all be all right and have a good time. God is telling me I can't go. It sucks. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes, right, just you want to do what you want to do, and God's like, no, I have other plans for you. Just like Jonah. And what I realized very early, just like Jonah, if you're not careful, you begin to cause problems in people's lives. Because why? God says, I understand that you want to hang out, but I have an assignment for you. And the problem is, Nathan, I can't allow you to go in and do what you want to do is because you're on assignment. People are looking at you because you are on assignment. So as believers, I understand for some of us, right, we wrestle with that. We don't always want to be on assignment, right? Anybody had that experience where you, you knew you were on assignment and that one person came up to you and you know God gave you a word just for them, but you really didn't want to tell them? You're like, just not today. I ain't having my coffee yet. Just, but I know, I know what I read was specifically for you, but I just need a moment. These disciples, as we think about this text, the disciples were worried about, as Paul said, pleasing God, glorifying God through their acts, through their actions. So after they're told, right, they're released, they tell, they come together, they're praying, and then we see within the text that, that as they were, uh, they were conspired against, think about Psalm 2. Does David know anything about people conspiring against him? Think about this. David understood, right, about people conspiring to hurt him. So now we have these disciples, fast forward, who are in a similar situation where people are conspiring, right, to hurt them. Why? Why? Because they're preaching the gospel. So as we look at the text, what I love about this text is that if you're not careful, you'll, you'll miss it. So why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The answer is right after that, because we see right here, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand. Why are they doing this? Because it's already according to God's plan. Why are they doing this? Because it's according to God's plan. See, a lot of times we think that the situation has to go our way. It's like, Lord, I, I, can't you do this a little bit more convenient? a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more safe, right? I don't, you know, they're talking about plotting and throwing, I just got out of jail, right? I don't know about you. When I thought about this, sharing the gospel, I was like, okay, I'm a preacher, but God, do I have to go to jail? Like, do I have to sit there? How long, right? That's how we want to do it. We want to negotiate with God. Come on, let's be honest. Like, I'm going to do it, but, right? Or we want to know the release date. So I'm a preacher, and then how, day, how, many, how many days, right? Do I get some, yeah, they going to feed me? Right, you gonna give me some manna, right? Are you gonna help me out or I'm just in there by myself? The disciples weren't worried about those things. They were worried about pleasing God. Because now we see in the text, it says, now Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. I wanna pause for a moment. Now Lord, Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. As we think about the text, it says that they consider their threats. Look at the threats. Really just acknowledge them, God. See, we want you to see them. So in our situations, in our lives, I want to challenge you to, to, to remind you that we need to share to God our problems. 
God wants us to acknowledge, God, you see these problems, you see my eye issues, you see what's going on, but I, and I know that you're still in control. And I love how they follow up. It says, look at the text. It doesn't say, it says, that consider, right, the threats. It says, but enable your servants, enable your servants. It doesn't say, take the threat away, move the situation, change the circumstances. It says, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness, right? With great boldness. Enable me. Don't change the situation, God. Change me. So, Lord, I know that things are not going my way, but I need you, right? If you don't show up in the situation, I'm not going to be able to overcome. So I'm going to trust in your strength. Enable me. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. It says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Pause. Stretch out your hand and heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Remember, these are also signs, right, to the people of who Jesus is, right? So them, the, the disciples, they're also a reminder that they belong to Christ. So think about, fast forward, I'm gonna, where we live, the things that we're doing, the way we live our lives should be associated, right, to that of Christ, right? Oh, you just had somebody come in your office, right? Cuss you out for no reason, but you respond with, it's going to be all right, right? You understand that the issue is not the real issue because as believers, we understand that we, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We understand that there's a bigger assignment at stake. So as we see in the text, it says now, these disciples are not leaning into their own strength. We have to, we have to take, that, take that away from the text. The disciples are not leaning on their own strength. They're saying, Lord, stretch out your hand. You do these things through us. What made me think about this. God speaks, right, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We think about what it says, quoting earlier, you spoke to David through the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, right, and then the acts follow. So one of the ways we know if we're in alignment with God is God speaks through the Holy Spirit who, is in, who lives inside of us, right? And the action is followed through. These disciples were worried about honoring Jesus. And we see that after they prayed, uh, and these are the last points I'm going to give you right here. After they prayed, the place was shaken. So we see the first point is here. Go with your people. Pray with your people. City Church, we need to be praying with our people praying with our brothers and sisters. We just seen our advisory council, our deacons, we know who they are, we need to lift them up. Because they're doing things that we have no, no idea that they're doing. And to us, it may look like, right, oh, they just go to a couple meetings, it's all right. But they're doing that in addition to their jobs, in addition to their children, right? So one, we need to get with our people. Two, we need to also, as we're getting with our people, we need to pray with them together. But then also we need to, Pray, praise God. In our praise, in our prayers to God, we need to be praising God. We see this in this text. This is, a, this is the longest prayer in the book of Acts. It says that, Jesus, that uh, God, you created, sovereign Lord, you created the heavens and the earth and everything in them, praising God for who he is. They hadn't even asked for anything yet. Did you notice that? 
God, you're amazing, you're wonderful, uh, this is who you are. And David going, giving a God a history lesson. Then it says, now, Lord, consider these threats. Enable us to speak your word with boldness. Stretch out your hand. Praise God first. Right? Last, last thing. We need to pray the word. Pray the word. In our lives, the situation we want to change, and this is the thing, our prayer may not change the situation, but it will change our faith. Either it is going to increase your faith or decrease your faith. The different scenarios that are happening in our lives right now, they're either going to increase our faith, right? Being transparent, my eye situation, right? I don't know what the outcome is. It's either going to increase my faith or it's going to decrease my faith. But I look at text and I'm reminded it's, it's, I, it's a holy coincidence that Nathan was given this text in the midst of this issue. I want you to preach, Nathan, but Lord, my eye. I want you to preach because I'm sovereign, but, but my eye. I have complete control, absolute power over your circumstance. But I have an assignment for you, right? I have an assignment for you, so I need you to handle that in our lives. What is God telling you right now? There are some things that God wants you to do. And it may not be standing in front of City Church preaching. It may be delivering some materials somebody to somebody who's in need, some clothes, right? It may just be being a listening ear. So this morning, as we close, I want you to think about what is God sharing with you? What are the areas that you need to, uh, to, to step up? Because I know where he's dealing with me, right? So I challenge you this morning to be the explorer and ask God to speak through you, right, to your situation through this text. Amen? Amen. Glory to God.